The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It is me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic... Oh, forget all that nonsense. Legends is here. Let's go! Oh, it's been a long wait. We're finally here. We're finally at the moment. And I'm so excited. When this episode drops, it is actually being done. I'm probably just going to be playing the game. So I am so happy. We're going to talk so much more about it. But before we go into the episode, I want to get one thing out of the way. In our last episode, Helping Hand, uh, we got uh, accused of dropping a a spoiler for Pokemon Legends. Now, we went back and we looked over it and we realized what happened. Don was talking about how he had seen the leaks and Chris pointed out and said, No, I don't want to be spoiled. Uh, I already heard about, I remember Eternius. And basically he was saying that back when Sword and Shield came out, Eternius was spoiled to him. We have no idea if Eternius is in Legends. Honestly, we don't. We didn't mean to accidentally if we somehow did, but we did not intentionally spoil the game. We did not accidentally spoil the game. We just didn't quite phrase it right. I promise you, if it turns out Eternius is in the game, then we got flipping lucky. The only thing we actually looked into were some of the Pokemon designs. Anywho, on to today's topic. Now, obviously, as games are rolling down, people are going to still keep going over the trailers, hoping, drooling over new information. We got a new one that dropped today on Tuesday night for most of y'all, Wednesday morning for me. And it's interesting because they they brought out some of the Pokemon and showed some of the new stuff. But they, they, they've been showing a lot of the trailers on the writing and how you can enjoy Pokemon carrying you around over the place. And it's not the first game to do it. I think Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu also did a really good job on showing that you could ride Pokemon around. But that kind of got me thinking. Is it okay to be riding some of these Pokemon? There's literally one of my favorite gifts on the internet. Is some dude just riding an electrode like circus ball style. Like backpedaling is one of my favorite moments in the anime. Because this dude is in a race up against like a Dodrio and a Ponyta. And it's like, yo bro. I don't know why you're doing what you're doing, but you do you. You do you, my man. Rolling, rolling, rolling. He, he probably lost, but it's still pretty funny. So today, I do want to talk a little bit about what it takes to be a Pokemon that you can tame and ride. And before we start, I want you to go ahead, and I'm going to give you guys like three seconds. Three seconds to think of one Pokemon you would like to ride. Just think of it in your head. Imagine it. You can use one from the Arceus trailer. Just think, think, think. Okay, you got it in your head. Now keep that Pokemon with you. You're going to need it in a little bit. In our world, there are about 50,000 kinds of animals with backbones. You know, vertebrates. 50,000, give or take. And about less than a dozen of them are able to support us on their back. Let alone carry us around. And those things are going to be horses, llamas, donkeys, mules, camos, and even a couple of cows like oxen and the occasional reindeer have been used to keep people on their back or pull loads with people in them we have had a interesting history of just getting certain animals to cooperate and be used as transportation but each one of these animals as different as a camel can seem from a llama or an ox have special characteristics they have a special way of just kind of 
being able to be domesticated and worked with when it comes to labor. So what we are going to do is we are going to go over some of the rules of domestication. The rules of domestication I'm taking from are from the book Guns, Germs, and Steel, Chapter 9. And that book goes over some of the things you need to be a domesticated animal. We are going to go through that list and then see what Pokemon in your head kind of works that way. Which animal you're thinking of, which Pokemon you're thinking of, can give you a lift from point A to point B. Oh, I will be cutting out any Pokemon that were made by people. Uh, so, Golurk, you're my boy, but you're out. Taming a Golurk is kind of like saying you bought a Honda Fit. You didn't tame it. It was built for your comfort and convenience. We are not sponsored by Honda, but I can dream. Anywho, first step in being a domesticated animal. A diverse appetite. Everything's got to eat, and your ride is no exception. Each of the animals humans have domesticated have diets that are pretty easy to come across or store. Chicken and pigs will eat almost anything, and cows and horses are grazers. As long as you're in some grassy area, you don't really have to drink all a, a big bundle of hay and carry it around with you. If the Pokemon you're thinking of is a picky eater, you're going to have to carry around not just food for you, but also food for them. This means that at the end of your ride, you better have something that Pokemon can eat Otherwise, it's just going to starve. The other way you could kind of work it is if that organism is like a, a horse, where it can go ahead and find its own food pretty easily. Are there are a few Pokemon, obviously, a horse-like Pokemon out there, like Rapidash and Mudsdale, but a surprising, like, candidate in this is Onyx. Onyx eats soil and dirt and all kinds of things underground. If you don't really care about wrecking the countryside with giant Onyx-sized tunnels and holes every time you go take a nap or take a rest, then your Onyx is going to be perfect. As long as you don't care about property destruction, an Onyx is a pretty fine companion to take you from point A to point B. Next up is Rapid Maturity. Uh, this usually has more to do with animals that are used for food than it does for riding, but it still stands that you're going to want to go from Pokemon egg to mount in as short a time span as possible. A horse typically needs to wait until it's about four or five years old before you can ride it. Uh, compare that to a human, where you have to wait 12 to 18 years for it to pick up and do its own thing. It's still pretty impressive, but if you're trying to get somewhere, waiting five years for that thing that's going to get you where you need to go to grow up can still be some time so it's a lot of effort to get and raise that horse for pokemon this means that anything that takes forever to level up is out that means that almost all the pseudo legendaries would take too long to train and ride uh volcarona and hydreigon are the most notable i'm sure that some of you are the dark type lovers who want to ride over the countryside with a hydreigon just bringing fear and terror across the land as you just swoop over to go run some errands. But yeah, it's going to take way too long. By the time you've trained it and made it capable of flight, it your, your journey's already over. You could have gotten something much easier to go around with. For the sake of convenience, let's just say that the level cap for like too long is 40. If it's level 40 and it cannot support your weight, then it's gotta it's gotta go it's not going to be a mount might be a great fighter but it's not going to be getting you there very very quickly uh the really good example of that in the anime was rhydon and go goat both of these ones can get you where you need to go and they evolve relatively quickly or in the case of rhydon they're already big enough for you to slap a saddle on them and ride along with them 
Granted, they say ride-ons is as dumb as dirt, so I'd be a little bit careful because they can charge and break stuff. But yeah, you can totally ride one of those guys, no problem. And it's a grazer, so it already matches rule number one. Next up is a willingness to breed. If you want to ride somewhere or eat something, chances are you're going to want more than one of those. If any animal has a complex mating ritual or some other requirement that you do not have, then it's not going to produce any offspring. Again, this is more of a food situation, but again, if you're a Pokemon trainer and one of your mounts faints, you're going to probably need another one. A really good example in our world of something you don't need to work that hard with are rabbits, because rabbits breed like uh, rabbits. That's why they've been harvested for food for such a long time. Uh, other animals that go into heat are like really easy, because all you have to do is wait for the females to go into heat, introduce a male. Typically, the deed will get done. If the female doesn't like him, that can be a bit of an issue. But in most cases, it is not difficult to get two large animals to breed, especially mammals. Uh, in Pokemon, we don't really have this problem. As long as they're in the same egg group, leave them long enough and you will have an egg. If you don't have something in the egg group, you usually have a ditto. You're fine. Uh, the one after that is another easy one to fix with Pokemon is it has to be able to be captively held. It's a little obvious, but you have to be able to house and keep it in one spot. If you are riding a camel in the desert and just like, all right, camel, I'm going to go to sleep. Good night. And you don't even bother to like tie it up or anything like that or give it a place to go. It's just going to wander off. It's not going to really stick around. So you're going to have to be able to have some kind of shelter for this organism. You're going to need a stable. You're going to need a tree for it to hang out. You're going to make sure it has a place to get its food, a place for it to hang out at night, a place for it to avoid predators. Uh, some animals like cow actually transition from indoor and outdoor living throughout the year on farms between winter and springtime. So you just had to be able to balance out all of that. And again, with Pokemon, we don't care. We have Pokeballs. Everything we can possibly want. If I wanted to use a Waylord as my mount, I could totally do that because Pokeball, it's mine. I can go wherever I want. I can walk in a desert with a Waylord and it'd be fine. Anywho, next up is how docile is it? Docility. This is a big one. It has to be chill enough for you to get close to it, put on a saddle, and ride it. It does not matter how much you feed or care for some animals. Some animals will never want you on their back. Horses, llamas, and camels have been domesticated and bred over thousands of years and many generations to be cool enough to be riding. And even then, you will still hear stories of horses throwing people off and killing them because they're super strong animals. And if they do not want you on them, they do not want you on them. Uh, if you were to grab some random wild horse and ride it, chances are you'd be in the hospital if you were lucky. Uh, this is also why zebras don't get ridden, aside from their weaker back. So many people think that if you're big enough and strong enough, you can make something be ridden. You can persevere and you can push and push and push and make it and force it to be ridden. And occasionally, there are outliers, like the people who ride tamed bears around. But this isn't the same as domestication. This is a tamed animal, and it can turn on you pretty quickly. It has not been bred and built for being ridden around. Any Pokemon with anger issues is out of the picture. Now, you all know how much I love my Magikarps. I got the tattoo on my arm for a reason. But Gyarados, even though it evolves at level 20, it's so angry. It's so filled with rage that getting one might be more trouble than it's worth. Oh, sure, if you throw it on the battlefield and duck, it'll probably knock out what's attacking you. But there's not a nice thing about it in the decks. On the other hand, you have things like Drampa. Drampa... 
lovable, goofy old man dragon. He He's not the fastest by far. But he's certainly a little bit faster than the average human. But Drampa loves you. If you connect with the Drampa, he will literally burn your bullies' homes to the ground. He's perfectly docile to you. Again, not the fastest ride, but that's something you got to consider. If you want to get somewhere, you want to get there, you know, alive. Now, this next one kind of hits weird, dear, a lot. I keep seeing it a lot in the Legends trailer, like, that's the Pokemon you can ride, this beautiful, majestic old man deer. This one kind of sticks it a bit. Tough nerves. Your animal cannot lose its senses at the drop of a hat. People always draw, like, people riding deer or elk. They have, like, elves riding deer and what have you. And my science brain, every time I see that, I, I just imagine myself going into the forest and just going... <laughs> and just imagining them all freak out. There are just some animals that, if you make a big enough noise, they're going to freak. They are naturally inclined to panicking at the slightest bit of stress. And this is a big problem. There are animals that could probably support human weight, like something like a giraffe. But if you were to try it, they would flip out and start kicking everywhere. Incidentally, giraffes can kick 360 degrees around them. No matter where you fall off that giraffe, you gonna get kicked. And deer are no exception. Deer are really hard to domesticate because they are flighty. They're gonna flee. All it's gonna take for your weird deer to flip out is if one Bidoof just runs past it, Bidoof just runs off, and that's gonna be enough to throw you off. Keep that in mind, even with things like horses and llamas and camels and mules, these things we've domesticated, even they can freak out over loud noises. But with training, you can get them to be a little bit more passive around these sorts of things. There are people who bred war horses, and those things did not panic for anything. Uh, things like birds are really hard to domesticate for that reason as well if they're prey items like chickens, but no one really cares if a chicken or a duck panics because they're gonna be inside a coop. If you're on its back, that's an entirely different story. Now the last one we're gonna go over is one that definitely fits with Pokemon really, really well. It needs to follow a social hierarchy. Basically, who's the boss? If this animal can understand that teamwork and social behavior is important, then you'll usually be fine. Dogs are a really great example of this. Dogs typically are going to pick one person in a family or group, follow them around, do what they say. Uh, an animal who doesn't want to really be social or help out is probably not going to be the best. It can take a really long time to form trust with an animal, and that trust can be broken with just one stupid or random action. If the animal species doesn't like being around other animals, or especially you, things like big cats and bears who like to keep mostly solitary, you won't be able to get them to let you ride them. Any Pokemon that bonds easily works well. Again, the dog Pokemon like Stoutland work really, really well. Uh, I'm going to have to say to my buddy Will, I'm sorry. You cannot ride a Tyrantrum around. Tyrantrums are naturally super antisocial. They don't want to be around anything. They want to be kept alone. Same with something like a Tyranitar. If you wanted to like put a little like, I don't know, what are those baby hangers on? Just put it at the front of a Tyranitar and just walk around. And he destroys a mountain. Can't do that either. It has to be something that can understand, okay, you are the boss, and I understand, and I'm not going to challenge you. Because, let's think about it. Do you really want that Pokemon in your head, whatever it is, to challenge you while you're riding it at top speed? Humans are fragile. You will go splat. Now, with all the rules out of the way, what are some of the best Pokemon 
to kind of have with you as a ride. Uh, for me, it's any of the big dog Pokemon, your Stoutlands and your Arcanines, uh, your horses. These things are obviously going to be the best because dogs naturally are going to be closer to you because we've domesticated them for the longest. Horses as well have been domesticated a really long time. Uh, in Legends, uh, another one that's really cool. While I don't like Weird Ear, I, I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't like uh, Weird Ear's whole thing of like riding that thing. I love what they do with Braviary. Braviary is a eagle, and eagles have been domesticated by humans as well as other raptors and birds of prey. So I love what they do with the flight because instead of riding its back, which would be really painful, uh, it's actually just carrying you on a little little air cart and a little round. And that's totally something you could teach these things to do. No problem. You can totally train these animals. There's my favorite video from Dubai is a man who literally has his falcon let loose on the tallest building in Dubai. And the falcon goes and literally tracks the dude down that he's supposed to land on. Again, from the tallest building in Dubai all the way down is able to land right on his wrist. So it's incredible the amount of training you can do with some of these animals. And in Alola, of course, they have tons of Pokemon you could ride around in. My favorite is was Machamp, because Machamp not only has big strong arms and makes me feel safe, but Machamp allows you to kind of just take this Pokemon indoors with you. If you were to bring it a Rhydon indoors, people are going to be like, oh my god, it, it stinks, it, it smells, I don't want to be near it, ew, ew, ew. But if you bring him a champ, it's just like bringing a big strong person in there. He can sit in the chair. Oh, you can train him to use the toilet. That's so much easier than picking up poop. You can just go into like the local McDonald's like, oh, do you need to get anything, sir? Uh, no, I'll just, I'll take a coffee. Uh, my buddy needs to use the bathroom. You just see a machamp, just running, machamp, machamp. Like, yeah, no, those, those poppins and curry do not mix. But if you're thinking of like, okay, well, those are some decent items. What are the worst ones you could ride? To be honest, any of the fish, uh, Sharpedo, Mantine, Basculegion. Uh, I know we can ride them in other games, but to me, fish are naturally flighty and don't like being touched, especially because their scales and their fins are a lot of times covered in a mucus. And that mucus can help them to survive from disease. If you're putting anything on them or scraping around on that, it can cause them to lose that mucus and have like a weakness for disease in that spot. For sharks, uh, Sharpedo just doesn't like you. Everyone, the second you jumped into the ocean in the Sword and Seal DLC, you know exactly what happened. Those Sharpedos made a beeline to you and wanted to rip your heads off. That is not a Pokemon you want to be socializing with. They are not kind and loving. They're just kind of jerks. In the end, Pokemon is going to be a lot better off with us being able to ride Pokemon around. That's one of the things that people have actually been looking forward to, of get a chance to interact with Pokemon in a new way. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu did a really fun job of that when you could ride things like Snorlaxes and Charizards and Onyxes. I'm very excited for this game giving you that chance to do it again in a game that I'll be honest, an objective looks way, way better and way more fun than Pokemon Let's Go. In any case, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you all so much. Before I leave, uh, we did get a few other comments this week, and I wanted to address them. Someone suggested a ninja episode. That is definitely on my list. And someone else mentioned if we had anything about Slowpoke. I actually did a Lucas lecture called Slowpoke Magnus. Just, uh, just keep scrolling down. You'll learn more about why I think Slowpoke is a terrifying monstrosity you can eat. Anywho, I hope you guys have a fantastic time with the new game. I hope you guys are ready to learn more because new games need new content for all us Pokemon creators. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to us that you enjoy learning with us. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace!